Welcome in, OUAZ Spirit fans. My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you for joining us today. It is episode one, the debut episode of the Founders Podcast. In this podcast, we will talk to OUAZ head coaches that have been around since the beginning of uh, the opening of not only the school, but the athletic programs as well. And in our inaugural guest, men's soccer coach, Matt Gow. Uh, Matt, how are you today? I'm doing well, Seth. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on with us. Uh, obviously, this is a, a lot of uncertain times. Um, how are you and your family doing with uh, this COVID-19 pandemic and, and the lockdown and just trying to stay safe? Yeah, no, um, it, is, it is unique times. It's crazy times right now. Uh, you know, in, in the world of higher education, I think everywhere we keep using the term uncharted waters. Um, and so... Uh, we're, we're doing well. We're all safe. Uh, we count that as a blessing, the family. And, you know, this time of year, usually uh, the, the recruiting world is on a different different level. So we're usually somewhere every weekend watching players play, uh, you know, communicating with clubs, teams. And so, you know, we try to find the, the positive and the craziness, which is I get to spend a lot of time with the family and uh, get be around the kids. And so trying to find the blessings and the madness for sure. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm sure your wife is happy about that. Like you said, usually you're at uh, different places, probably big club tournaments, and um, get to spend some time at home. Uh, something that I think a lot of college coaches would emanate that it, it can be tough, right? Even in the off offseason, um, with the recruiting, it's still requiring going out uh, for yourself. I mean, traveling all over the world. And for you, why do you go to these different places around the world? I think a lot of teams, you know, will recruit in their area. You know, for us, it would be, you know, say Surprise or most of Arizona. Not that you don't go there, but, I mean, you're taking trips all around the world and, and grabbing kids from uh, pretty much every country imaginable. Why are you kind of outreaching uh, not only outside of Arizona but outside the United States? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, for us, it's the, the technology uh, has really allowed us to, to spread our wings, you know, and, and especially with um, the way the economy was, um, you know, you could fly to Europe for about the same price that you could fly to Seattle. Um, and so for us, it's just trying to, for me specifically, just trying to get out there and see as many players as, as possible. Um, you know, there's a lot of options inside the state of Arizona as far as when you consider junior college uh, programs and everything. So for us, it's just trying to go out there, see other players um, from different places. And I think it's important, especially when you look at the way that we like to play, um, is it's good to have a different brand uh, and different styles of players who can do different things. A lot of times you, you get a lot of similarities from players based on where they're from geographically. Um, you know, for obvious reasons of the type of style and methodology that's used in that area of the world. And so for me, I think it's a really cool thing to be able to bring in players who might bring a different uh, flavor or sort of maybe thought in the way that the game is played. That's not only just when you go outside of uh, the borders of, of the United States, but also when you go to different states. And if you look at our roster, we have players from even all around the United States. So um, I think it's just good to bring in different perspectives. And then just even from a cultural standpoint when you have you know a player who uh, has lived in a certain part of the world with different customs and norms and they're having to share a room with a player from another part of the world or from you know right across the street who has a different set of cultural you know norms it, it really creates a great learning atmosphere not just on the soccer field but in life to help prepare these guys to 
maybe go uh, do some things after they get done playing for Ottawa. So yeah, it, it just creates a nice, unique culture in our program, not just on the field, but off the field. Do you think that builds a good bond with uh, a lot of those players, right? They get to learn about the different cultures, maybe sample some different foods, uh, make friends with people that, you know, it could be lifelong bonds. What do you think that does for team chemistry in terms of having such a wide variety of cultures and, and countries on one roster? Yeah, I think it does a lot. It creates a, a really cool learning environment for guys um, as, as they go away from here and how to maybe have conversations or how to find common grounds when you're coming from literally different sides of the world. Um, you know, and also at the same time, you know, when you have players who, you know, come from, you know, say Seattle, we use that as an example, or if you have players who are coming from, you know, uh, we have players from Egypt, right? Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're go, you're, if you're leaving Seattle or you're leaving Egypt, you're still leaving your family, right? So um, when you have that type of environment on your team where guys are leaving their families behind to pursue, an opportunity, I think it really starts to create that family atmosphere and that family environment a bit more um, because you are looking for that family away from your, your original family. When you're recruiting those players, um, it, it might be a little bit easier to convince somebody, say, who lives, like you mentioned, in Seattle, hey, come on down to Arizona play, right? It's only a couple hour you know, plane ride back and, and parents can get easily. What is it like trying to convince um, some of the parents of uh, kids that live across the world to say hey please send your kid to our program we promise he'll not only have a good time but he'll be he'll come back uh as a better person and a better man yeah um you know it's what a lot of people don't realize is how much of an opportunity uh, college athletics really provides i mean it's one of those things when you see something every day and you're a part of something every day and it's always there you, you don't really have that appreciation for it for what it really is um when you when you take college athletics um and you describe it in another country they look at you like it, it it's impossible that it exists um because for us we've seen it every day a lot of us have grown up around it um where it's just there whereas other countries you have to choose between wanting to be an athlete or wanting to get an education. The thought process of being able to have both, uh, to be training in a, and considered really a professional environment with professional facilities, and at the same time be getting a great education that can prepare you for life out of, outside of athletics, you kind of, you get to prolong that decision that you have to make uh, when you come over and play at least for college soccer, um, where a lot of these kids in other countries who don't have that opportunity, sometimes they have to make decisions as early as 13, 14 years old. Of, am I going to try to continue to be an athlete or am I going to continue to try to get an education? So when you get to present an opportunity to them that they can actually do both, um, where they can train to still try to be an athlete and they can also get a really great education, um, that opportunity is, is very special and almost doesn't seem real to them because of the environments that they come from. So when they see that opportunity and that opportunity is presented to them, um, you know, it, it's, it's not as much convincing as you might imagine. Well, you mentioned the not only the environment but the facilities, professional-level facilities, and this is what the purpose of the Founders Podcast is, right? I mean, I, you better than anybody else almost on campus can attest to what it was like. Uh, you and I have talked off-air and off-the-record about 
uh, or more off air about just what it was like, right? Like uh, moving offices and, and sharing classrooms as an office. And what is it like now to finally be able to go out and recruit and say, hey, we have these top level facilities, top level trainers, top level strength and conditioning coaches. And, and how much of an advantage have you seen it's been? <laughs> yeah, wow, that, that's a big question, uh, Seth. But, you know, I, I think, um, you know, there was times where I was sitting in, you know, uh, either a living room with family or uh, doing a Skype call showing slides. And, you know, I'm trying to describe to this, this you know, prospective student athlete and family about these buildings that we're going to have and uh, the field that's going to be there and a dorm that's going to be there and a, a, we're going to have a weight room. And, you know, there was literally times where <laughs> I was in the middle of talking to them and in the back of my mind, I'm like, they just have to believe me. And there were times where I'm like, this family, if I'm being honest, there's times where I'm like, this family, this player does not believe me. <laughs> um, when I was sitting there telling them about all these things, because literally you, you'd look out and see nothing. There was nothing. When, when I first uh, showed up at Ottawa, to my first day of work at Ottawa, I don't think that we had a sign on the building that said Ottawa. And so when we were trying to sell it to these, these players coming in, you know, we really had to cast a vision for them. And so, but now um, when we're able to literally walk them into a state-of-the-art weight room and say, here's where you're going to get better. Um, you know, when we're actually able to walk them into a locker room and say, this is where you uh, get ready for games and training, you know. And, and so then to actually see that is, um, you know, it, it, uh, it's, it's massive. It, it's absolutely massive. And, and you're not just only selling a vision but you're actually selling the product and what you've talked about now for three years it's, it's there in your hands to be able to sell and so it's, it's made a massive difference for us in the recruiting world now the obvious changes that uh, pretty much everyone can see about the campus right the new weight room the new building um, the big press box the new dorms the new cafeterias um, what are some of the other more subtle differences and subtle uh, improvements that you've seen um, in your time at OUAZ um, you know, it, that's a great question. Uh, we, we obviously have the buildings, um, you know, but I would, I would just say, um, with, with every startup, you're learning as you go, right? And anything that you do. And so there's not too many people who've started a university. I mean, listen, people have started programs from scratch all over the country for, you know, maybe different emerging sports or adding sports back. And, um, you know, everyone started programs, but to be able to start a university simultaneously or starting an athletic full program not just an individual um you know sport you know we, we learned a lot as we went through not only in the athletic world but in the university side and so you know you're just fine-tuning the machine when you get something going and so i think now you know we're just really starting to uh, fine-tune our machine not only as an athletic department but also as a university and you know i couldn't tell you how many times you know this graduating class this next year will be the class that came in and, and started it all up if you were to ask them to make a list of things that maybe have changed in their time of being at Ottawa, they, they, you know, they, they could go on for a while. And so, obviously, we're we're always indebted to them and their ability to be flexible and, and, and go with the flow and different things that might have changed. But you know, I feel like just with anything over time, it just you just get better. You get more fine-tuned. The processes um, become clearer. And so, you know, I, I, we're we're starting to become a well-oiled machine, you could say. Uh, speaking of those uh, kids and, and those great athletes that have been here since the beginning, um, 
in the beginning, meaning uh, when Spirit Field or what is now Spirit Field was a dirt parking lot for spring training baseball over at Surprise Stadium. Have you noticed um, kind of a I guess, for lack of a better term, a morale improvement or um, seeing them more energized just as, as things have come along at OUAZ, whether it be uh, Spirit Field finally opening up, the new facilities opening up. Have you seen um, just kind of how they are reacting and, and if they're really enjoying kind of seeing what they built? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it's, it's so awesome that they get to experience it. Um, because they did come off the vision that we we sold to them, you know, and, and the vision that we had not only for our individual programs, but what the, the vision that the university had. And so, to be able to see a lot of these things come to fruition is is just awesome for them. Because, you know, the, the amount of faith that they had to be able to buy into what we were doing um, was awesome. And so, for them to be able to enjoy these facilities, be able to see it, it you, yeah, you can see it on their face, you know. Um, that they are enjoying it um, and that it has come to light. And listen, credit to them because I think we've all had players along the way that maybe it didn't meet their immediate gratification, you know, and they're no longer part of our program, but they're a part of that initial recruiting class. And so the players that we have that and students, you know, they're going to be a part of their, you know, in their fourth year and the fourth year of, of Ottawa, I think, you know, one, they, they deserve it. And, and, you know, and two, I guess I keep saying it, we're just indebted to them for, for helping us get this thing going. But, yeah, you definitely see it on their face just saying, oh, wow, I, I don't have to try to find a ride to training that's, you know, a few miles away from campus and for men's soccer specifically. Or, oh, wow, you know, I, I'm not lifting weights at, at a high school at, you know, 9 o'clock at night. Um, and, you know, you, you obviously get the morale boost when, when they're not, you know, having to do that. Um, you know, but at the same time, the type of buy-in that they have is on another level. You had mentioned when you were first recruiting, you basically had to sell these kids and these families on something that wasn't there already, right? Something that you had to hope was going to be built. And, and that's putting a lot of trust in something that you have no control over. What is that feeling like now that, you know, it, it, you're almost credible, right? Like those kids can say, okay, Coach Gal promised me that this was going to be built within three or four years, and here it is. How was that um, feeling for you that it, it has come to fruition? And also, how does that help your credibility in terms of recruiting? Yeah, you know, it's um, <laughs> it's a relief. That, um, you know, like I, there's times where, where there's a lot of uncertainty in those first years. Um, not really knowing 100% of timelines of things. I mean, as I went through this process, I learned that when you go through construction, you never really know a true timeline. There's so many things that one thing comes up and now you're three months behind after one thing, you know? So, um, you know, for for the most part, it, you just try to build relationships with the guys and understanding that they've bought into your program and vision, regardless of the circumstances. I mean, if they came out and said you had to play soccer with rocks, I mean, we'd find a way to do it, you know? And so um, I think it was more important of just building the, the program on just uh, taking what you have and making the most of it and, and really um, feeling blessed for, for what is there. And I think that as far as the credibility goes, I hope that they didn't necessarily judge me based on what was going up around them, but, but based on maybe the relationship that I built with them, not you know, not just, hey, we do have a building coaches, right? But hey, you know what, coach has our best interest because of these examples. You know, he is looking out for us. He is doing these things and all these external things that we really don't 
over, you know, it, those are those are second priorities. You know, the, the first priorities is I hope where they've um, can judge my credibility. Speaking of the building, the Odell Center, um, which also houses Faith Arena, three stories, um, the third story including a, a gorgeous, uh, pretty much D1 level press box, um, fantastic offices for the coaches. Uh, Matt, you have had a variety of different offices throughout uh, your time at OUAZ. What was your first feeling and your first thoughts when you stepped up onto that third floor and just saw everything that that was there that was most you know probably promised to you um, a couple years earlier? Uh, it was awesome. It was a great feeling. Um, it's a, it's almost um, you know it's like building a home or. Uh, you know, and you finally get to go stay there, um, or you're, you're, you know, maybe you could look at it as you have this great vacation plan that you really wanted to go to for a long time. You finally get there. Um, you know, we, it was an incredible fun to be in that facility. Like you said, it's a state of the art facility, no doubt about it. I mean, we, you know, my, my back definitely took a relief, you know, where my office was in a backpack for a long time in the very, very beginning stages of the university. I mean, we, we, in different places but you know there was there was one time where uh, I can tell you in the beginning where the coaches were spread out all over what's now called Founders Hall um, you know in hallways and classes and you know uh, there's coaches who have taken over janitorial closets and made them offices and you know you'd hear a coach down the hall just yelling you know ding 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 and acting like they're ringing a bell and we knew that we had a, a player who committed you know and so um, you know to be able to go from that environment uh, where we're meeting outside even or you know at the the tables by city hall was an office at one point you know it, it, to, to have that uh, state-of-the-art facility that we're in now it's just it's, it's awesome to have a place to call home and, and even just the community that it creates within that athletic department of being next to everybody is awesome it's awesome well the biggest sign of growth i think in a program obviously you get the buildings and you get the field and you get better recruits but obviously the payoff is when you see um the difference in wins and and the advancement of you know into tournaments and things like that and your season um was had some really big highs and had some some tough stretches but ultimately um you got yourself to uh within one goal really of the NAIA national tournament um, got to the semifinals of the NCCAA national championship tournament. Uh, you took down the the number four team in the nation uh, on the road in a conference tournament game. Uh, what was this season like for you, and and how did you guys kind of navigate uh, the highs and the lows in order to get yourself, you know, not only one goal away from the NAIA national tournament, but um, basically one game away as well and one goal away as well from getting into the NCCAA uh, national championship game. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was an awesome year uh, from that regard of, of just trying to see, like you said, some growth happening. Uh, we, we we really talked about, you know, this year that we want to go force people to, to start respecting us and start kind of knocking on doors saying, hey, we're here, we're here. It was our first year being eligible even for the NAI national tournament or even the conference tournament. And so we really talked about all year of just saying, you know, uh, respect isn't given, it's earned. And, and a lot of times, unfortunately, sometimes you have to force people to respect you um, by, the, by the way that you do things, by the way you operate, by the way you play. Um, you give people no other choice but it. And so 
we we had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, but we also talked about how we wanted to continue to build the program. And we talked about in year one about building a, a foundation and solidifying that foundation. And we really talked about in year three, we wanted to start building on top of the ground and, and putting the framework in place where people say like, well, they're building something there, you know, and really open up people's eyes. And instead of just, you know, surpassing, we really wanted to surpass, we always talked about building the foundation of the program for the last two years. And we really talked about, like I said, we, we want us, we want, when people drive by, we want them to say, just like Ottawa University right now, we want them to say, men's soccer program, well, they're really building something there. Like, look at that, you can see it. Um, and so we really just kept that in mind, regardless if it was a, a one nothing loss to a team we felt like, you know, we shouldn't have lost to, or, or giving up a lead against Vanguard. Those types of things happen in every season. Um, and so for us, it was just saying, like, guys, continue to do things the right way, continue to do things the way we know how we can do them, and, and continue to earn that respect. And, and I think they did a really good job of just, you know, like, like, you know, just making people have to respect us. And, you know, when you beat the number four team at their place in the conference semifinal, and, uh, they, you know, I think it was 3 nothing. and that was a great statement piece. Um, I think that we should have gone to the national tournament. That's another uh, uh, podcast in itself. But, uh, you know, I think uh, we're deserving of it. So for us to be there was, was awesome for our guys, uh, just to continue to stay focused and understand the bigger picture of the program and not just the uh, immediate season that we're in. I'm glad you mentioned the Vanguard game because I think that was uh, maybe the craziest soccer game um, and definitely one of the craziest sporting events I've ever seen um, in my life. And and I think it came at a really important part of the season. Um, you guys were at a stretch that you were only 1-2-1 one, and one in your last four games. Um, you were kind of slipping down the, the GSAC standings a little bit, had a chance to really grab some ground and, and hold on to a, a playoff position. You guys scored three goals in the first 15 minutes. Um, then we're down four to three. Then took um, the lead on two goals from uh, Torgi Witteborg and uh, Samuel George, uh, pretty much four and a half minutes apart. Then the game was tied. Then you end up losing in overtime. Um, for you, to me, I thought that was the turning point in your season. Where after that, I think um, your team really locked in. Um, for you, was that? Do you think that was the turning point in the season where? Um, things turned around and then you guys got on that roll, got to the conference uh, championship game and, and really had a good run in the NCCAA tournament as well. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, after that game was, uh, was a wake up call for our guys. Um, and even when you look back on the film, it, it just really showed how good we could be in moments. And, you know, I think after that game is when we really started seeing some uh, leadership come from within the team. And we were really trying to encourage that a lot this year. And so I think it was after that game, the team really just came together and said, you know what, um, you know, this is what we got to do. You know, and we're talented enough to do it. We need to start coming together. And, and so it was after that game is when I really started seeing our team play for each other um, and you know you hear that all the time but I think it was evident when you see the way that we were, the way we were playing um, you guys really put themselves aside and, and it wasn't about how many minutes I played that day it wasn't about you know uh, did I get an assist did I get a goal um, am I on the travel team it really came down to say like guys if we want to if we want to accomplish what we've set out to accomplish this year we're really gonna have to start coming together and playing together as a team 
um, because there's some individual mistakes that happened in that Vanguard game. And I think because the players trying to maybe do too much in moments. And, and so there were some perfect examples there of just saying, hey, let's lock down as a team. Let's do this as a team. Let's, let's, let's continue to, to do what we need to do, but come together. And I think after that moment was massive for us going into the rest of the season. Um, uh, this is being even more stingy and giving up goals. We, um, you know, I was, uh, yeah, so that was a massive moment for us going forward. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, and when you look at the schedule after that Vanguard game, you played tough again at Westmont in a 2 nothing loss. Then you really took it to the Masters, beat them 4-0. Um, after that Vanguard loss, um, up until the NCCA semifinal, you did not. You only lost uh, one game um, in non-penalty kicks fashion, and that was to Westmont. So um, you beat the Masters, then you beat Hope and Westmont, um, Technically tied with Menlo, but lost in PKs in the championship, and then beat Ecclesia and Grace. So, um, you know, even just from the outside, you can look at that schedule and tell that things really did turn around. And um, for you personally, you're a guy who um, has coached at the NC the NCAA uh, Division One level at Virginia Tech, um, and, and I'm sure you've done a really good job uh, in terms of maybe even getting another opportunity to go back to the D1 level. But uh, for you. Why stay at OUAZ? What is it about this school that makes you, um, you seem really focused and really committed to building this program. Uh, what to you has made you want to stay and and really not only grow your career, but grow your family and surprise? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great question, Seth. You know, you're right. I've had some, I've been blessed to have some opportunities to, to be at the NCAA Division One level at Virginia Tech and even at, at University of Pacific and um, those are fantastic opportunities where I really learned a lot from um, as a coach. It's like to try to build my own brand of, of how I want to do things. Um, you know, Ottawa is unique uh, in a lot of regards, not only of who we are as a university um, and who we are as an athletic department, but it's, it's unique about the, the family atmosphere that we have. Um, you know, I think you could really look at our athletic department and you could really see the family side of things and that's important to me um you know and not only is the athletic department in itself really just like family to, to me and my family my wife my kids um but to be able to have a a university um, that i really feels like allows coaches at least myself uh to operate the way that um i, I feel like god has called me to operate um to be able to recruit players the way that I feel like is the, the logical way to be able to recruit players and get to know players. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times at, at different, within different organizations, um, governing bodies, you know, you, you don't necessarily really get valued on being a, a transformational coach. And, and really, I think you can easily kind of slide over to that transactional side of things. Um, because of the different governing body rules and things like that. But to be at an environment where you can really get to know your players, really get to know your recruits, um, be a part of a family, a true family environment in an athletic department, those are things that I think that maybe people nowadays are starting to realize the importance of because of the unfortunate maybe circumstance that we're in because of this uh, time of, of the coronavirus. And I think that it's allowed people to really slow down and say, What's really important in this world is it, is it, is it that uh, you know I, I you know have my face on a poster on a giant stadium, or is it because I'm able to be, build meaningful relationships and I'm 
in a place and at a university that encourages me and allows me to be able to build meaningful relationships. Um, you know, and for me, that's what's the most important thing. And, and that's what I value more than anything is that I can be in a place not only where my family can grow um, and feel supported, but also that I'm in a place that I'm encouraged, I'm challenged, um, and I'm allowed uh, to, to encourage other young men uh, around me to, to also grow and, and um, you know, and, and challenge them to, to be, you know, successful men later on in life and, and not just be valued based on a men's soccer won 15 games. It must be a good guy and a good coach. <laughs> um, I, I think that I could win 17, 18 games and, um, you know, and be still be judged in the right way uh, and not just based on how many, you know, games I've won or, you know, all those things. And so uh, I think it's an environment where we're allowed to be who we are. Um, and I think that, you know, Kevin still has done a great job of providing uh, an atmosphere for us to encouraging us and challenging us at the same time to uh, not only be a family, but to, to be, Hey, be who you are, coach who you are. Don't, don't coach us into anything else, but be who you are. And at the end of the day, the most important things will come through and that's building meaningful relationships with these players. You mentioned the family aspect and that uh, this pretty much slowdown of not only the entire country, but the entire world has really helped people focus on, on what exactly is important. Um, and you mentioned family. Obviously, every good coach continues to stay in contact with uh, whether it be recruits or players that are returning next year, or even players that just left. Um, what have you seen kind of that family atmosphere be like with your team um, since uh, the lockdown and, and since all of this has uh, really broken out? Yeah, um, you know, as a coaching staff and all the coaches are doing it all around the country, we're just trying to find different ways to stay in contact with our players. Um, you know, we're, it's a, it is a family, right? So when you go an unexpected, you know, three months that you plan on spending with your family or two more months, whatever it might be, um, you know, you miss them, right? And, and you wish that you're around them. And so you just try to find different creative ways to stay in contact. Uh, it's been difficult. And I, I can admittedly say it, it's been difficult to, to really, um, spend quality time with guys, but at the same time, it, you know, I, I said earlier, I think it forces us to be intentional in it. And so I'm actually having conversations with, with guys maybe that I wouldn't have um, because there is maybe a little bit more comfortability through a, a technical, technological way of communicating with a lot of these guys. And so, um, you know, I think, like, you, like I said in the very, very beginning, just trying to find the blessings and the madness. And, and um, I think just trying to stay in communication with these guys, I, I think we've had some meaningful conversations that maybe wouldn't have happened if uh, we were still together. So we're trying. It's difficult, um, and I do miss those guys. I'm sure they miss their teammates um, as well as, as any family would if you went an unexpected duration without seeing each other. When you take a look at the 2019 season, I think other than, you know, you, you take a look at some of the, the tough spots in that season, if you just brought out a checklist, uh, there's a lot that gets checked off. First win over a ranked team, that was against Reinhardt, pretty much across the country on the road in a difficult spot. You said that was kind of a, you know, statement game for your program. Then you defeat a top five team, you know, your first top five team in program history and maybe the most important game in program history uh, up to that point at least. Um, one goal away from the NAIA National uh, Tournament, one goal away from the NCCAA National Championship game. For you in 2020 and your program, what is the next step? What is the improvement 
at the end of next season where you can say, okay, we did better than we did in 2019? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's important that we go into this this fourth year um, not necessarily trying to have whatever that might be in, in mind of a, we have to accomplish this or it's not a successful season. I think when you do that, you find yourself in trouble. Um, I think that we have to really just continue to um, not reinvent it, not feel like we have to do anything different. I think we've had a great uh you know, trajectory as a program. So I think we have to maybe, you know, fine tune some things, uh, clean some things up uh, internally on different stuff. But I think we have to continue to just be who we are and continue to do what we've been doing. And I think it's through the experience that you can have more success. Um, you know, and so I don't know what that is. Um, and I and I don't want to get put in a bad spot of trying to define the success of our season next year based on a, maybe an individual moment. Um, I think that the success of our season will be trying to do things that we, the way we've done them, but just doing them even better. Um, and, I, and I hope at the end of that, the result of it is maybe something new for the program we've never experienced before. Um, but let's not skip the steps that it's going to take us to to maybe have that experience. And, and maybe we don't end up with something new next season. Um, and I think we could still have a better season based on there's just so many different ways that you can value a season or measure the success of a season so I'm not sure what that means you know we, we obviously have goals of, of trying to do things but I think it's really important that we just try to do what we've been doing but just try to do it even better well Matt I uh, appreciate your time we're really looking forward to getting back in the swing of things and uh, hopefully to see your team again uh, not only in the conference finals game but uh, lifting the GSAC trophy and uh, making your trip to the NAIA yeah. national tournament That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.